chapter and the 14th verse. I'll give you a moment to turn. 2 Kings 6.14 Therefore the king of... Therefore he... It's talking about the king of Syria. Sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. This was the city where Elisha the prophet happened to be. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots... And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? And so he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And, uh, of course, you might wonder here now, what in the world is he talking about? For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. See, this young, this young servant, he was saying, Alas, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What shall we do? And the, uh, the older, more seasoned minister said, those who are with us, and he told them not to be afraid. Then he said, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now, if you looked at it in the natural, it didn't look that way. If you looked at it in the natural, it, it, it didn't look that way because the city was surrounded by the army of the enemy. And uh, in the natural, there were far more of the enemy than there were of the, uh, well, the man of God and his servant, you know, and their party. But you see, the man of God wasn't looking at the natural. He was looking at the supernatural. He was looking at the supernatural. That's why he could say those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Did you know we have the enemy outnumbered? Did you know that? I said we have the enemy outnumbered. There's more with us then are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open the eyes that he may see. Open his eyes that he may see. Open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And you can go on and read the rest of the story on your own time and a miraculous deliverance. But what was, what was up on that mountain? Now, you couldn't see it in the natural. You couldn't see it in the natural, but you could in the spirit. And in the spirit, you know there's a spirit realm. Did you know that? How many of you know that there's a spirit realm? How many of you know the natural realm came out of the spirit realm? Is that right? And, uh, and so what, what, what he saw was angels, 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 chariots of fire. Elisha prayed, said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. See, his natural eyes were open, but he was able to see over in the spirit. And he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Notice, chariots of fire all around Elisha. Tonight, we just want to talk for a few minutes and remind you of the reality of angels. The reality of, the, of angels. I think very oft times we, uh, we live our lives, we get so busy, and we don't really realize that God has angels. Uh, and uh, we'll see in a moment that they're ministering spirits sent forth to minister for us, you see. Now... It's interesting that the older minister here, Elisha, was aware of the angels. He was aware, but the younger guy, see, he wasn't aware. 
How many of you know the angels are there whether we're aware or not? They, they are. How many of you know there's angels in here tonight? There's angels in here tonight. Um, well, I can't see them. Well, you can't see your brain either, but how many of you believe you got one? Is that right? Huh? How do I know they're in here? Well, the Bible says they are. That they're with us. We'll see this as we go. We have, we have guardian angels, you know. But there, we need to be aware that the angels are there. And uh, this young man, he, he wasn't aware of it. That's why he was frightened. That's why he was, he was afraid. But the older minister, he realized and he was aware that the angels were there. Now, notice Hebrews 1, 14. Just want to say some things about angels tonight because uh, it's, it's, uh, it's so easy to live your life and forget that they're there. And they're there. We need to be aware of it. There's things I want to show you tonight, some things we can do to activate the angels. Now, notice Hebrews 1.14. Hebrews 1.14 says, Are they not all, and it's speaking in the context of angels, ministering spirits, ministering spirits, see? They're, they're in the spirit realm. Sent forth. Now, what are they sent forth to do? To minister for those who will inherit salvation. So they're, they're ministering spirits sent forth to minister on our behalf for those who will inherit salvation. Notice who will inherit implies to me that the angels are ministering on our behalf while we're still sinners. And thank God for the ministry of angels that kept a lot of sinners alive long enough for them to get saved. Now, notice here in chapter 2 of Hebrews, verse 1. Now, notice this. Hebrews 2, this is the next chapter, verse 1. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed... To the things we have heard, lest we drift away. I think the King James talks about unless we let them slip. You know, it's easy to let things slip. If you, if you don't keep things before you, it's easy to let things slip. What do I mean by that? Just forget. How many of you ever you've had an appointment and it slipped your mind and you missed it? Huh? Beside me. Anybody ever do that beside me? And now I have reminders and I have, you put stickets and things. And now I have an AOL email calendar and it, it, I put it on the calendar and then remind me one day before and an email will pop up or the day of or the week before. Anybody use that besides me? It's, I do that so I don't let anything slip and miss an appointment. And uh, if you're not watchful as it pertains to angels... You can, uh, you can let things slip and forget they're there. You forget that they're there. And, and so it is with the Word of God. It's so easy to hear the Word of God and forget what it says. That's why we need to keep it before us. Because uh, the Bible itself tells us if we don't stay in the Word of God, once we read it and go away, it's real easy, you know, to forget what it says. And become a forgetful hearer and then it doesn't do you any good. So we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. For if the word spoken through angels proves steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? 
Now, certainly, how shall we escape if we neglect the wonderful salvation that God provided for us through the Lord Jesus Christ? And certainly that, I believe, is the primary meaning of that. But I believe there's a secondary meaning to that, and it has to do with the ministry of angels. We need to realize that the angels have a ministry unto us, and there's things we need to be doing to, to keep the angels active in our life. Now, I realize that they're active on, the, on our behalf where we got saved. I understand that. But now as we're Christians, we need to understand what it is we need to do to keep the angels active in our life. Now, before I get to that, I just want to say a few things to you about angels. Just some interesting facts from the Bible about angels. Just listen to these. First of all, angels are mentioned more in the New Testament than they are in the Old Testament. And in the book of Revelation, which you, know, you get in there and study that, there's a whole bunch of angelic activity that you see in the, in the book of, of Revelation in the end days, you see. Also, you need to realize angels are created beings, unlike human beings, which procreate. Human beings, a male and a female, as husband and wife, have sexual relations. The woman becomes pregnant and then they have a baby. You understand? So uh, human beings procreate. Angels do not do that. And we understand that from uh, the statements that... Uh, uh, Jesus made. He said, for in the resurrection, the, uh, they, mankind, neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like the angels of God in heaven. So angels don't marry like man and woman would do. Uh, but also angels, unlike human beings, which procreate, see God made Adam and then took Eve out of his, the rib out of the man's side, made Eve, and then, and then from Adam and Eve you get the entire human race. But you see the angels, the Bible says that the Lord commanded and they were created. Evidently all at one time. You understand that? So human beings procreate, but the angels were all created by, by God at one time. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, He commanded and they were created. Something else you need to realize, that, that born-again Christians don't become angels when they die and go to heaven. And that's something you'll hear again and again when uh, uh, you know a, a Christian dies. And very oftentimes people who are unlearned concerning the word of God, they'll say, well, God just took them because he needed another angel in heaven. But you know that's thoroughly unscriptural. You understand that. Um, you know, we do not become angels when we die. You understand that. And... Uh, and like on uh, It's a Wonderful Life, remember that? Where every time the bell rings that, you know, that, you know, the angels get their wings. And that's not true either, you know. But there's a lot of people believe that because it's on A Wonderful Life. And there's people that will believe Hollywood more than the Bible. You understand that. But that's not so. And as you look at the Bible, you see some of the angels have wings and some of them don't. Some of them fly, some of them don't. You know, some of them have more than one wing, set of wings, you see. And so, it's just interesting as you, and we could get into all of that, but also angels, at least from the human point of view, are innumerable. They're innumerable. Uh, you also need to realize that, uh, uh, well, let me say this, angels are not omniscient. Did you know that they're not all-knowing? They're not all-knowing. Only God is all-knowing. Well, the devil is a fallen angel, right? The devil is a fallen angel. So 
uh, that leads us to believe he's not all-knowing either. Now, he tries to deceive you to get you to think that he's all-knowing, but the devil doesn't know everything. You need to realize that. Angels are not omnipresent. They can't be everywhere at once. Only God can be everywhere at the same time. So did you know the devil can't be everywhere at once? Did you understand that? Also, angels are not omnipotent, all-powerful. Only God is all-powerful. You understand that? Only God is all-powerful. And so that leads us to believe that the devil's not all-powerful. You understand that? And uh, now the Bible says, in the book of Psalms, says that uh, the angels excel in strength. Now you need to realize they're more powerful than human beings in, in strength, but we outrank them in authority. Now don't ever forget that. We outrank them in authority. Now you realize that the Bible says that man was made just a little lower than God. Now, how many remembers the Bible saying that man was made just a little bit lower than God? Now then, you understand too that when man sinned, he fell through the ranks and took up a position of authority underneath the angels. Now we know that to be the case because Jesus said to the Pharisees, he said, you are of your father the devil and the lusts of your father you will do. How many, how many remembers that? And so if, if, the, if the devil is someone's father, would you agree with me that, that, the, the, that his children would be in rank under him, you see? So that's where man fell. Man fell from being just a little lower than God to down below and underneath the devil, the fallen angels, you see. You realize, now you understand this, that a third of the angels fell. A third of the angels fell. And... Um, you see, Satan wasn't created as Satan originally. He was uh, put in there as Lucifer, Be very beautiful being. And actually, I believe he was the Lord's personal angel. Actually, he was over the worship department of heaven, you know. And because of pride, and he wanted to be like God, and he wasn't satisfied with his position, he led a rebellion against God, and God booted him out. And it's interesting that the devil drew a third of the angels with him. They, they fell with him. Um, it's interesting that when people operate under the, uh, under the influence of the kingdom of darkness, again and again, what they'll do is try to pull you, draw you out from the place you're supposed to be. And you see this again and again, particularly when people leave a church. Uh, you know, very oftentimes, they'll give you a, ring on the ding you know what I mean by that? They'll call you on the phone and they'll tell you why they left and blah, 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 blah. And then they'll tell you how wonderful it is, the place that they're at. Now, now what are they doing? They're just, they're just yielding to the devils, all they're doing. They're trying to pull you out of the place you're supposed to be. What, what, you know, you understand, how many of you understand that? You, you've got sense enough to realize that, don't you? You need to be able to recognize when the devil's at work. You understand that? So just be, be aware of that. The Bible says that if we're ignorant of his devices, we'll be taken advantage of. So, so we need to understand some things. And you'll see this, and it happens all over the nation. People leave a church, they'll get disgruntled for whatever reason, you know. And uh, very oftentimes they'll leave, and they'll leave out of the will of God. Sometimes they leave. You know one thing I've noticed, if somebody leaves in the will of God, they'll just go their way. 
and you'll just basically never hear hardly anything from them again. I mean, you might run into them at the store and have a nice, wonderful conversation, but they won't be calling you on the phone, giving you, well, you know, did you know I left? Did you know they left too? Did you know blah, 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 blah? People that leave with a right heart aren't going to do that. Now, do you realize that? Now, do you understand that? How many of you have sense enough to understand that? That when people have to call you on the phone and give you all the reasons why, they're, why they've left somewhere, that they're, they're just flat yielding to their flesh, and more than that, they're yielding to the kingdom of darkness. It's plain and simple. Isn't that sad? How many of you know that's sad? But I just say that to you for the plain and simple reason is a lot of people don't realize that. See, what the devil does is he draws and he, and he drew a third. Now listen, he drew a third of the angels out of their perfect place that God had for them. You realize that? So don't let anybody draw you out of the place you're supposed to be. I just want you to be where you're supposed to be. If you're supposed to be here, then be here. Wherever you're supposed to be, be there and then be the best, be the best you can where, where God wants you to be. Can you say amen? amen. All right. Now, but uh, anyway, he drew a third of the angels and they, uh, they, they're fallen angels. Much we could say about them. I'm not going to get in all that tonight about fallen angels. But you see, man, when he sinned, Adam and Eve, when they sinned, they fell below. They fell down below uh, the fallen angels. But then the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, and I could take about five hours and teach on this, but Jesus, do you ever read in the book of Hebrews where the Bible says Jesus was made a little while lower than the angels for the suffering of death? Remember that? And then the Bible says about Jesus becoming, having been made so much better than the angels. What happened? What, what does that mean? Jesus, you see, Adam fell down below the fallen angels as an act of disobedience to God. And so we were stranded down below the fallen angels as, as, as human beings. But Jesus came as our substitute and he didn't fall down there like Adam. He, as our substitute, stepped down there, became a little while lower than the angels for the suffering of death. And then on the third day, the Bible says when Jesus was raised from the dead, having been made so much better than the angels. See, when Jesus was raised from the dead, when he got raised, we got raised with him. And then you see what happened is uh, he brought the whole human race back up through the ranks, spiritually speaking, right back up, you see, to where Adam was and actually in a better place than what Adam lost. Can you say amen? amen. Is that wonderful? He brought the human race right back up when he was raised from the dead. Back up to a, a position of spiritual authority where we're supposed to be. Now, um, and that's good news. So the angels are more powerful than us, but we outrank them in authority. Now, there's different categories of angels. There's Michael. He's the archangel. Remember that? And he's over the military department of heaven. Gabriel, he's over the communication department of heaven. Lucifer, well, he became Satan, but he was over the worship department. Gabriel over communications. And then there's cherubim, seraphim, heavenly hosts. Some angels have wings. Some know we've talked about that. Now look at Hebrews 13.2. Hebrews 13.2. Hebrews 13.2. You know we need a message like this uh, from time to time. Amen. You know there's inspirational messages and then there's informational messages. This is an informational message tonight. I've found, though, that very oft times informational messages can inspire us, you know. 
But we need some information. You know, you need more than just me standing here giving you a cheerleading message every time. Did you hear me? I said, did you hear me? Now, I can do that, but that's not my fully my calling. My calling is to teach, to teach you the Word of God. Now, I can give you the, the cheerleading message, and we do that from time to time, and that you can make it message, and, and thank God for that. But how many of you know you need, some solid, you need some solid Bible knowledge besides just that you can make it message? Did you hear me? Praise God. Now, this just understanding some things about angels can help you make it. Amen. But now notice this, Hebrews 13, 2, just something about angels that I think you'll find interesting. Amplified Bible, Hebrews 13, 2, do not forget or neglect or refuse to extend hospitality to strangers. And then it says, in the brotherhood, being friendly, cordial, and gracious, sharing the comforts of your home and doing your part generously, for through it some, and then it cites Abraham in in the Amplified Bible, have entertained angels without knowing it. Do you realize that it's possible that some of us have entertained angels without even realizing it? How many of you realize that's very possible? Now, somebody always asks me, though, well, pastor, should I pick up a hitchhiker on the road? No, don't do that. Don't do that. Notice right here it says in the, in the, does it say that in the brotherhood? In the brotherhood being friendly, cordial, and gracious. What that lets me know is that God wouldn't ever expect you to, to, to open up your home or open up your car to somebody that you, that, 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 that you feel like could put you in danger. Did, did you hear me? So, so ladies, don't stop and pick up a hitchhiker. Yeah, but pastor, I got this, I got this strong leading on the inside that I need to pick that hitchhiker up. Uh, don't do it. If you've got that strong leading, what you do is you go call him a cab. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? Because you could miss it. And I'd hate for you to get, to get hurt. Did you hear me? And that, that'd probably go for men too. You know, if you've got that strong of an urging to help a hitchhiker, uh, don't, don't assume it's an angel, you know. Call him a cab if you've got that strong. I'm just trying to help you and protect you. Somebody comes to your door and you don't, you know, you don't know who they are. Now, it'd be one thing if I called you on the phone and you knew it was me and I said, there's a visiting uh, two missionaries like the Thorats are in town with their assistant. And they're going to be coming over and they're going to be arriving at your house in about 10 minutes. Would you, would you feed them lunch? Now, now that's one thing, you see. But if, if just some strangers show up at your door and they want in, uh, I wouldn't let them in my house. Yeah, but they want food. Well, then, 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 uh, you know, call the, call the local del, call, call a pizza and have them deliver pizza to them out on the front lawn. I'm just trying to keep you safe. Is that all right? But yet, but yet we need to, we need to realize that sometimes angels could be in our midst and we don't even realize it. I remember, uh, back years ago, um, well actually at this church that I attended years ago, after the service was over, I was going around locking up the doors. The pastor was in his office. Everybody else had gone home. And I was going around locking up the door, doors and, and, uh, I had just looked in the parking lot and there was, you know, cause I'd been, and there was no, <laughs> there's no cars out there. Everybody's gone. And, and I remember I, I shut the door and I, that front door and I locked it and, and then I stepped away and I just got a few steps away and there was a, 
and I went back to it. The pastor was in the office, and, and I opened the door, and there's this man and woman standing there. I'd never seen them before. Now, it was a church situation. It wasn't at my house, and, and the pastor was in the office, and we're both fellas, you know. And, and so uh, I tell my wife, we keep those doors locked when she's here. And when she's here by herself, those front doors are locked, and she doesn't let anybody in here unless she knows them. And if it's a man that we know and he's got to come in and do something, then she unlocks the door out there until he leaves. Did you hear me? Did you understand that? But anyway, I opened the door and this man and woman standing there. And they were just dressed, you know. They weren't, not suit and tie, but just office casual, you know. And so uh, I, uh, they, they said, uh, we'd like to speak with the pastor. We need some help. So I said, well, that'd be fine. Now, I was, you know, I was probably about 20 years old at the time. And so I took him and we walked across the sanctuary up to the door, went up that little steps there, you know, and the pastor's there in his office and they asked him if they, they needed some food money, you know. And so he, you know, he talked with him just briefly there and he gave him, I think, $20 out of the petty cash, you know. And I remember they walked back down, they walked back out and I, and, and, and I walked with them, you know. And then I, I stopped and they went over to the door. And uh, as they got to the door, they got to the door, the pastor called me. And he said, Terry, he said, you know, and he, evidently he wanted me to get them for something or other. And so, so I'm standing there and I take a step this away. And, 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 and then the pastor says, you know, go get those people. I need to ask them something or other. I don't know what it was. But anyway, they, and I'm headed over the and as I'm telling you, that door shut. And when that door shut, I was just within seconds of that door shutting. And I opened it and out on the par- and they're gone. Now, I don't know if it was angels or not. But I tell you what, it sure got I mean, how? <laughs> well, we could have helped some angels that night. I don't know. Don't know. Don't know. I remember a friend of mine uh, years ago. He's since passed away. But I played a lot of golf with him when I was a kid. He said he was taking a river journey. A river, he was on a river, like going down a river that he was unfamiliar with. Him and his, and a friend and two, two, two sons. They were going down this river, that, you know. And he said that, uh, he wasn't familiar with the river and they were going on down. And he said he looked, he looked, just happened to look over on the shore and there was this man there beckoning him with his hand. Didn't recognize the guy, beckoning him with his hand to, to you know, like to get off the river. And he, he said he looked at him. He was there beckoning him. They looked away and looked back just that quick. The guy was gone. Now he said, now where he went, how he could have got away that quick. He was gone because it wasn't like there was a lot of woods around. And so they pulled their, they got their canoe off to the side and then they walked on down, I don't know, half mile, mile or so, something like that, around the bend and there was a big drop off, a big, now that could have been an angel. I, I could have been, could have been. I don't know. I know that, you know, one experience I had that happened to me was with this pastor that I learned under, you know, studied under, trained under. I remember I had laid out of church for a while, hadn't been there in a while. And uh, I had gotten involved with this person that I shouldn't have never been involved with. Now, there wasn't any sexual sin or anything like that, but I was not listening. I was listening to the wrong kind of music. I was watching the wrong kind of stuff. I was doing the wrong. I was just, I was out of the will of God. And I hadn't been to church for, for a while. And I didn't really know the pastor all that well at this time. Uh, knew him to some degree, but not all that well. And he had no, he had no clue to the extent that I had gotten away from the Lord. And I remember it was a midweek service and uh, 
I came in, the music was already going, and I walked along the back, you know, and he was standing up on the stage, and I walked along the back, and I stood over here, you know, like on this side, and the pastor, he stood up on the platform, and the music was going, and he kept looking like back at me, kind of like funny, like, you know, a funny look on his face. And I'm just, you know, I'm probably all of about, you know, I don't know, 19 at the time, give or take, 18, I don't know what. Anyway, I was a young kid. And, you know, I'm thinking, you know, what's he looking at? Well, you know, did I do something wrong? It made me nervous because he And anyway, then he calls me. He beckons me and I come up and he says, I need to see you after the service. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, what does he want? How would you like me to do you that, do that to you tonight, you know? Nonetheless, after the service, he gets me in the office and he says, uh, he said, uh, now this is what he told me. He said, I saw an angel standing up over you. So the big fella standing up over you. And he was weeping. Now, some will argue that the angels are emotionless. I don't want to get into that. But he said the angels, well, I knew why that angel was weeping. I was out of where I should have been. Boy, it got my attention. And I've been serving God from that day to this. Praise God. Hallelujah. So you see, just that experience there could have saved my life. If I wouldn't have went to church that night, if that wouldn't have happened, I could have continued right on the path, you know, path I was on with that friend of mine and could have wound up, could, I could be dead right now. Well, I'm here. That's better than uh, cutting my life short. Amen. These things are real, dear friends. And we need to realize that angels are real. And, um, and they're, they're sent forth to minister on our behalf. Now, what do angels do? Well, we could spend hours on this. Let me give you the highlight. They worship God. But you know angels won't accept worship from man. Did you know that? Now, now the devil's a fallen angel. He wants man's worship. But a real angel of God will not accept the worship of man. You see this in the Bible where, especially in the book of Revelation, I think there's two occasions where, you know, uh, one of them, I believe... to be an angel, that actually the, the fellow, fall, John, falls down to worship him and he says, no, don't do it, don't do it. So angels of God do not accept worship from man. And, um, you know, as a pastor, you have to be very watchful too because sometimes people will think so highly of you, they'll almost worship you. You know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't worship me or any, you ought to, we ought to be worship, worshiping the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. Is that right? And uh, so they worship God. Can angels bring direction? Well, surely they can. Didn't they, New Testament, didn't they tell Philip to go out into the desert? Remember when he was in that, in, in that citywide revival in Samaria? Didn't an angel appear to Cornelius and tell him to summon Peter? Huh? Is that right? Now, you understand that. Can an, now, an angel could bring encouragement. Paul on the ship in the storm before being shipwrecked, he had an angelic appearance and that angel encouraged him as it pertained to the, you know, him making it through the, uh, through the storm. But whatever you do, don't seek an angelic appearance because if you're seeking an angelic appearance, you know, the devil's liable to accommodate you. The Bible says that he can appear as an angel of light. Did you hear me? Be watchful. Be watchful of people that are always seeing something, are always having a vision, or always having a dream, or always having this, or always having that. I remember there's a fellow who, who uh, attended here for some time, and, and right just about, the, just about no more than he, he started attending here, 
And it went on for the whole duration that he was here. I would say if out of every ten services, I would say uh, eight or nine of them, he'd come up to me at the door and he'd say, you know, Pastor, today when you were preaching, I saw a bright light up behind you. You know, I saw, I saw an angelic choir. I saw this. I saw that. I had a vision. I had her. I had, you know, now, you know, that's not God. Did you hear me? I said, it's not God. Now, one thing I'm going to do in the future, because actually I did the man a disservice because I just let him go on and go on for about two years. And I just shook his hand and said, well, isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? But you know what, 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 I, if, what I needed to do is I needed to call him aside and be a real man of God and, and, and just say, sir, that's not the Lord. Now, that's what I'm going to do from now on if anybody starts that up with me. Did you hear me? Because God isn't always given a dream, a vision, a revelation of this. He's not always doing that. And people that, that always are seeing that, and it's without exception, I've been doing this over 25 years, every last one of them are flakier than a box of cornflakes, including that guy that did that that I'm telling you about. Did you hear me? But just because there's some flakes out there doesn't do away with the fact that the Bible's real. Amen. And so, uh, I just need to lovingly, when people start that up, I'm not going to tolerate that anymore. I'm going to lovingly pull them in the office and just say, now, dear brother, no, that's not right. That's not right. Okay? Be watchful of people that are always seeing things. Always... I like what Brother Hagen, you know, he tells that story about that guy that every night at his camp meeting, he was always crying out, I see Jesus, I see Jesus. Remember that? And so this went on for several nights. And so finally, some of the young boys, they played a trick on this guy because he'd lay, he'd lay down on the floor and he'd always look up and they were in like this, this brush arbor, you know. It wasn't in a building like this, but where they had put a bunch of sticks and brush, you know. And so this guy was laying there and earlier that day, some of the boys got a Halloween mask and stuck that mask up there. And sure enough, that night when that guy started up, I see Jesus. I said, and he said, hey, 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 look, I, I really do see something. I tell you what, I've seen a few things in the spirit over the years. And I tell you what, some of these people that are always claiming to be seeing something, if they did see something, it'd scare the eebie-jeebies out of them. You hear me? And I'll go you one better. Most of these people that are always having these dreams and visions, they, they, couldn't, they couldn't find John 3.16, much less quote it. Be watchful of people that are being led by the Spirit of God, supposedly, and they don't know that much about the Word of God. Be watchful. It's the Word of God that the Spirit of God will lead us in line with. So we need to know some things about the Bible. Did you hear me? But these people that are always seeing things, they, 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 they trouble me. They trouble me. These people that are always hearing things and... You know, I tell you what, I've, I've heard the voice of God. There's a couple of times, uh, you know, just, just, just a couple, just a couple over the many years where I look back behind, you know, and, uh, it's like somebody was back. Just a couple of times though. Just a couple of times. Now God leads me primarily through the written word, and when I don't have like where to live or what car to buy or what job to take, then you go by the peace versus no peace on the inside. Did you hear me? And that's the way He does it. 
through his written word and through the peace versus no peace and once in a blue moon. You know what I mean by once in a blue moon? There might be an angelic appearance or there might be this or that. But I'd say almost without exception, people aren't going to get those things. You get led by God through his holy written word or by peace versus no peace. Did you hear me? Now, did you hear me? All right. And be watchful of people that are always seeing things, hearing things. Be careful. All right. Uh, like direction for this ministry. I've just gotten some, you know, just a couple of things that the Lord's told me over the years for this ministry. And, uh, you know, he's not talking to me all the time about the ministry, what I need to do, this, that, or the other, just a couple of times. And, uh, you know, we've been going 15 years. We've got a nice facility. It's been paid off for quite a while, and everything's good and wonderful. Can you say Amen. But you're always looking for, you know, for, for these, these revelations, you know, you, you get in trouble. Those are divinely granted. And uh, Brother Hagin said that a lot of times when God would give him one of those spectacular things, it was to get him ready for some rocks and some bumps in the road. And so he was glad when God wasn't giving him anything out of the ordinary because, you know, a lot of times there was rocks. You know what I mean by rocks and bumps in the road. So why don't we just... Live day by day. Get up in the morning and say, This is the day the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. And go about our daily affairs, what we need to do. Praise God. And, 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 and you know, put some time aside for God in the day. Study the Word you know, as best you can. Pray as best you can. Set some time aside. Can, can you say amen? And, uh, and then just go on. The steps of the righteous man are ordered of the Lord. And, and just go your way and be a green light Christian, be on the go. And if God needs to arrest you to get your attention to not do something, well, he'll, through that peace on the inside or lack thereof, he'll lead you and guide you. Can, can you say amen? So now we could go on and talk about what angels do. Um, one other thing that uh, uh, they can bring judgment, they can bring, uh, as we said, encouragement, assist with provision. Um, you, you see in the Bible that they, I believe, carry us to heaven upon death. Praise God. The Bible says in Luke 16 that the angels took Lazarus to Abraham's bosom. So I believe when we as Christians die, you know, when a sinner dies, the Bible says, Hell from beneath is moved to meet thee at thy coming. Stirreth up the dead for thee. When a sinner dies, I believe demons carry him to hell. Sad, sad but true. Well, well, for Christians, when Christians die, spirit leaves the body, the angels take us into the presence of God. Isn't that wonderful? And the angels protect us. And uh, notice in Matthew 18.10, Matthew 18.10, let's go there, and then I'll just give you a couple of scriptures on how you can activate angels in your life, and then we'll be dismissed. Look at Matthew 18.10. Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones. Jesus said, For I say to you that in heaven there are angels, plural, always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. And you, gotta, you have to realize this, that we do not lose our angels just because we grow up. I believe when we're conceived in our mother's womb that God assigns at least one and probably more angels to each of us as our guardian angels to keep us and to protect us. And to watch over us, you know. And then uh, once we get saved, they're ministering spirits sent forth to minister on our behalf. Now, how do you activate angels? 
Well, go to, I'll give you three scriptures here. Let's go to the book of Psalms. Psalms 103.20. I'm going to read this in the King James Version. Psalms 103.20. Notice this. Bless the Lord, ye his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Hearkening unto the voice of his word. So the number, perhaps the number one way to activate the angels of God in your life is to, to declare the word of God. Declare the word of God. Now, one thing you need to realize is we don't boss angels around. We don't boss them around. Now, don't, don't start that. Don't start bossing angels around. We don't do that. But we declare the word of God and the angels will hearken to the word of God. One scripture I like to quote is that no weapon formed against me will prosper. That's a good one to declare. And that, that I believe, gives the angels avenue, you see, to bring that to pass in our life. And when weapons come our way, the angels, because we've declared that out of our mouth, the angels will go into action and keep the weapon from reaching us and hurting us. Now then, another way is in Psalm 91. Go there, verse 11. Psalm 91, this is back to the New King James Version. Psalm 91, 11. Notice this. Psalm 91, 11. For he will give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they'll bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. Unless you even stub your little toe. Now somebody said, but this is, he's talking about Jesus here. I understand that, but aren't we, if we're born again, members of the body of Christ? So we could apply this to us. And so God has given his angels charge over us to keep us in all our ways. Notice, in all our ways. In their hands they'll bear us up lest we dash our foot against a stone. In, in fact, God doesn't, doesn't want so much as our little toe being stubbed. You, you follow what I'm saying? But the angels are there to protect us. Now, a lot of people want to claim verses 11 and 12. They want to claim verses 11 and 12, but verses 11 and 12 only pertain to Christians who will do verse 1 and 2. So go back up and look at verse 1. Because did you ever notice that in the Bible, that people want to just claim certain scriptures, but then they, they neglect to look at what they have to do to get those scriptures uh, uh, active for them. How many of you know, you'll hear people say this a lot. They'll say, my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. How many of you know people claim that all the time? And, and a lot of them that claim it, it's not for them. It's only for people that, if you look at that in the book of Philippians, it's only for people that support the work of God. Did you hear me? So you got to be watchful. But you see, this the angels... Uh, taking care of you. Look at verse Psalm 91.1. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So you're going to have to dwell in the secret place. Where is the secret place? secret place is in the Word of God and it's being in that place that you're supposed to be. Did you know that God, and I'm going to say more about this I think on Sunday, God has a set place for each of us to be and we need to be sure that we're in that place. And when we're in that place, it's the secret place. And when we're in that secret place, then God will have his angels there and they'll bear us up and protect us. 
And notice verse 2, I will say of the Lord, He's my refuge and my fortress, my God and Him will I trust. What we say with our mouth, again, as we said a moment ago, has a lot to do with activating the angels. They're spirit beings, aren't they? And our words are spirit. Aren't our words spirit? Sure they are. And so we need to declare the word of God. And also we need to be watchful what we say of the Lord. Well, God put this sickness and disease on me. Well, that's out of line with the word of God. And we talk out of line with the word of God. And then we want the angels to go into action for us. It doesn't work that way. There's a, you know there's a lot of people that they don't want to get into the secret place. They do, uh, they, oh, they say they do, but they, you know it takes some work. It takes some seeking God to find out where he wants you and to get in that place and stay there. There's a lot of people, they don't want to get in that secret place, and the, but yet they, they want to be out of the will of God, and then they want the angels to protect them. Well, we need to find out where that secret place is. We need to get in it. We need to stay in it. And then the angels of God will be able to do all that they need to do for us. Now then also, too, uh, a lot of times people will act presumptuously and expect the angels to protect them. Do you remember when the devil was trying to get Jesus to jump off the pinnacle of the temple? How many remembers that? Well, he was trying to get Jesus to jump off the pinnacle of the temple. And it's a good thing Jesus knew the word of God there. Because if Jesus wouldn't have known the word of God, he might have just jumped off. But you see, he said, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. How many of you know if I went up on the roof here and jumped off the roof and, and I said, well, I'm going to jump off just to, and, and the angels are going to catch me and I'm going to do that to prove to you that the angels are real. How many of you know I'd hit the ground, I'd go splat and you'd have funeral services for me here this next week? Is that right? But if I'm up there shingling the roof and, and I slip, <laughs> now I believe the angels can go into operation and protect me, you see. So don't act presumptuously like this one couple. They went to a, a, a certain hotel and, and they went up to bed and they left their eight-year-old kid there, you know, I think it was, swimming. And there was no uh, lifeguard. And they said, well, you know, he'll be all right. We're going to go up and swim. The angels will protect him. Well, the child drowned. Now, you see, that's acted presumptuously. We can't act presumptuously and expect uh, the angels to, to, to operate on our behalf. We need to find out uh, what the Word of God says. We need to do it. We also need to use some common sense. Can, can you say amen? It's like not picking up a hitchhiker. You don't let an eight-year-old kid swim around a swimming pool without a lifeguard. That's just, that's just not smart. Isn't that right? You know, do all you know to do. Do everything you know to do. And then once you've done everything you know to do, then bless God, the angels will be there to take care of you. And then the final thing, Psalm 34, 7, and then, then we'll stop. Did you get anything out of this tonight? Psalm 34, 7. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him. Who fear him. And deliver him. You know, there's not a whole lot of people in the United States anymore that fear the Lord. I said, did you hear me? I said, did you hear me? I said, did you hear me? I don't mean fear him like you'd be afraid of a rattlesnake. I'm talking about reverencing him. Now you can tell how a person feels about God by the way they treat his house. Did you hear me? If people don't reverence the house of God, they're not going to... Well, I, I, I reverence God, but I no, if you don't reverence his house, you won't reverence him. You know, if somebody comes over to my house and they start going through and they just start knocking the furniture over and what do they just tell me? They don't respect me. How do I know that by the way they treated my house? Huh? Is that right? 
So, so uh, I don't know about you, but I'm going to maintain my fear of the Lord. The Bible said we live in a day that the fear of the Lord is no longer before people's eyes. Well, I tell you what, it may not be before a lot of people's eyes, but I tell you, what, I'm going to keep the fear of the Lord before my eyes. I respect Him, and, and, and I reverence Him, and, and I fear Him, and uh, I believe His angel encamps around me and around this ministry. Can you say Amen? Well, praise God. Ushers, come right ahead. We're going to receive the tithes and offerings. If you need ministry of any kind.